What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, and welcome to another edition of the Sales and Marketing Podcast. This week brought to you by our friends at 032outsourcing.com. Increase your productivity and profitability by outsourcing tasks to free up your time and grow your business. 032outsourcing.com. All right, friends, if you're ready, I'm ready. Sales and marketing advice straight ahead, plus answers to your listener questions. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. Hey, friends and fans, Ryan Dorn here, and this week we're talking about the importance of slide decks putting together great presentation materials. Now, I'm one of those people, I absorb all kinds of content as it relates to sales training. So I attend webinars and read all the books that are out there, good and bad. Read all the, you know, attend all the webinars, good and bad. Get all the newsletters, good and bad. You know, listen and, and try to absorb a lot of information. And I can tell you there is one universal truth in the sales business, and that is, great sales materials. They are priceless friends. Now, I recently was working with one of my coaching clients and I coach 75 to 80 salespeople a month and it's a lot of fun. But one of my reps, they had 75 slides in one of their slide decks. They said, now, do you think that's too many? <laughs> 75 slides? They said, well, I'm going to go through them really quickly. I said, well, just think about what you're saying to me. 75 slides that you're going to roll through quickly. I mean, that's 75 slides. That's that's in a 60-minute meeting. That's more than two slides a minute. I mean, you're really going to be hauling through that slide deck. So people ask me all the time, Ryan, how important is a slide deck? Well, I don't know if it's as much about a slide deck or a keynote or whatever the circumstance is, as it is about having great sales materials that are directly related to the people that you're talking to. See, I'm one of those people, I fall back on good old Zig Ziglar strategies where I like to draw things out on paper when I'm in front of people. I like to reference materials. I mean, I think that's great. I'm not a big fan of the sales strategies out there that are like, I show up with nothing because I wanna have a conversation with the person. Well, you know, good for you. You do you, and if that works, that's awesome. I've been doing this 30 years, and I always show up with something. I, I really feel like it's expected for you to show up with things. Now, let's dig in a little bit on the slide decks and what I like to see in them. I'm a big fan. I know a lot of you aren't. I'm going to get some comments down below. I'm a big fan of Logo Soup. And what I mean by that is I love to start all presentations with success stories. I like to put up the logos of the companies that we're working with, the advertisers that I've already sold to, the sponsors of events, because I want people to feel like they are the only ones that aren't working with me. All right. Now, the next thing that most of you do is about us, a history of the company. Get rid of it. Throw it out. Nobody really cares about the history of your company. Now, if you're a CEO or an owner, you're like, what? Ryan Dorn? I can't believe you just gave that advice. Everyone wants to know about our history. No, they don't. I promise. Because every time I see a salesperson start getting into the about us and history of the company, and guess what? I see I see people just glaze over because quite honestly, they probably already know it. And in all reality, I don't know that they necessarily care. Well, Ryan, it's a part of our story. Okay. 
Okay, well, good for you. It's a part of your story. Maybe it's a story you can tell later on at the bar with a cocktail in your hand or something like that. But on most sales call, most people don't necessarily care. So I pretty much always start out with some type of logo soup. Then I talk about the agenda that we're going to work through that day, ask them if they agree upon that agenda, and then I'm going to get into a lot more success stories. Now, if you know me, my slide decks are dripping with success stories. So if, if I'm showing an option for a piece of software that I'm selling, I'm going to give a success story on a client that uses it and how much they love it. If I'm selling an advertising or marketing solution, I'm going to pair that with a success story of an advertiser or company that's using it. Every time I give an option, a feature, a service, an event sponsorship, you name it, I always marry it with a successful company that's already used it and how they are loving it. See friends, what I find is that others wanna be surrounded by others that are successful. Very rarely does someone say, could you give me an example of somebody that used that service and then they failed, okay? Now it's not that we can't learn from failure, but really is that the direction that we really wanna go. All right, so after I talk about features, advantages, benefits, marry those up with success stories, then in my slide deck, I've got my sales follow-up procedure really laid out step-by-step. Step. See, one of the hardest parts of the sales process at least in my opinion, is the follow-up stage. Like you go with ideas ready to go, you present some recommendations, and then there's really not a solid follow-up plan that's laid out. So I love as a part of all of my slide decks to lay out what I would propose as the follow-up plan. Now you might say, follow-up plan? Well, what if they say yes right on the spot? Okay, most don't, but if they do, if they do, then skip the slide, okay? Go on to another slide about getting started, that's fine. But what I find is the majority of the time, people are like, you know what, I like this. I really need to think about it, no problem. Let's set a follow-up plan in place. So to bring this conversation to a conclusion, I love slide decks, I love videos, we've talked about that, I love testimonials, I love success stories. I just believe that most people learn most effectively through their eyes. And so anytime you can do a Zoom call, a Teams call, show visuals. Now, if you're doing Zoom and Teams, make sure you unshare your screen a lot. So I'm gonna put up a slide deck and then I'm gonna unshare my screen because I don't want people to get Zoom fatigue or I don't want them to get Teams haze where they just start looking and they start staring and then they just get a haze in their eyes. And you're like, hello, are you still there? When I unshare the screen, then I ask them if they have any questions, I ask for follow-up, I try to dig a little bit deeper with them. So to wrap this up, I love slide decks, I love visuals, and I love presentations materials. Hey friends, my goal is really simple, to provide you tactical and practical information you can put into practice right away. Speaking of that, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't take my own advice, right? Hey, if you would, give me 30 seconds here to pay a few bills, take care of those people that are out there to take care of all of you. We'll be right back with your listener questions after these commercial messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by the outsourcing experts at 032outsourcing.com. Virtual employees save you time, money, increase your productivity, and ultimately your profitability too. Learn more about outsourcing today. Visit 032outsourcing.com. Your podcast host, Ryan Dorn, has his new sales book on Amazon, Audible, and at Barnes & Noble. 
Selling Forward, Pandemic-Tested Strategies for Sales Success has been called a must-read for every sales professional. 100% of the net proceeds from Ryan's book sales always go to the Golden Harvest Food Bank. Buy Selling Forward today at your favorite retailer. Okay, now back to the podcast. Here's your fellow sales warrior and host, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, your friendly neighborhood sales coach, and we are answering your listener questions sent in to ryan at ryandorn.com. Keep those questions coming. Love to get your questions. All right, next question is going to come from Trevor in Houston. And Trevor asks, hey, Ryan, whatever happened to dropping in on customers? During COVID, it seems that nobody wanted to see us. Now it's definitely behind us and still nobody wants to see us. Should we keep dropping in in local sales? Trevor from Houston. So uh, Trevor in Houston, you're right. It used to be that we could kind of drop in on folks. Um, We'd get a pretty good reception like, hey, Ryan, hey, Trevor, what's going on? Come on in. Maybe you could bring coffee or donuts or whatever the circumstance is. Then when COVID came into play, people were like, whoa, first of all, don't come to my office. Don't want to make me sick. Whatever the circumstance was, you do you. Um, And it sort of basically just kind of went dark. And now we're having to resurrect the local sale, resurrect drop-ins, resurrect having meetings with people. So Trevor and everybody out there, unfortunately, what happened during COVID is people realized they didn't have to meet with us live live to make a decision. And now they're kind of carrying that forward. I think you and I would both agree, Trevor, and everybody else that's listening or watching uh, this online, that there's nothing better than meeting with a customer face to face. So this is the reason, this is what you can do to try to increase your reception. Because a lot of times now I get icy receptions when I drop in on people. Create value. When you are dropping in on somebody, are you dropping in to sell them? Or are you dropping in to bring them value? If you listen to the podcast, you watch the videos, you hear me speak live at conferences, I want to be dripping in value. Every email should have value. I mean, why would someone respond to an email that's not valuable? Every voicemail should have some type of value. Like if you call me back, you'll get this. If you reply to this email, you'll get this. If you give me a good reception, when I drop by kind of out of the blue and unexpected, you know, you're going to have some value to that. Every interaction with a prospective client or with an old client should have some level of value to it. Now, it doesn't have to be gargantuan like, hey, if you let me in your office, I'm going to give you $500. It doesn't have to be like that. But there needs to be some type of value. Could it be a competitive analysis report? Could it be a local media summary report? Uh, Could it be something that has to do with their competition or a competitive analysis of what their competitor is spending in the market or something along those lines, case studies, product demos. I mean, anything that when you walk in the door, you're seen as valuable and not seen as a salesperson. Now, just in a couple of minutes, those are some ideas for you, Trevor, but just recognize that don't don't feel bad. It's, it's that you walk in, you get kind of an icy reception. It sort of is what it is, especially though, if you're walking in and the first thing you're doing is wanting to sell, you're seen then as a salesperson and not necessarily as a helpful person. So just think about what you can do to bring value to the circumstance and definitely don't give up on dropping in on people. So Trevor down there in Houston, hey, Houstonians are really, really nice people. So Trevor, get out there, beat the street and get some sales done. All right, next question is going to be coming from Deborah in Hawaii. Hey, Deborah, aloha. Uh, My clients are very seasonal. I'm in the advertising business uh, like you. 
And a lot of times they just don't want to advertise unless tourists are on the island. What should I do? So Deborah in Hawaii, hopefully um, that uh, you've, if you've got family and friends that are over on Maui, I hope that they're, uh, hope that they're safe and our hearts and prayers go out to uh, all those folks. And we're actually doing uh, some fundraising here uh, to try to help the folks that are on Maui as well. So, all right. So let's talk about the marketing side and advertising side of the business. Those of you that are not in that space, I still think a lot of this information is going to apply. Okay. The reason that advertisers, especially in your situation, a lot of folks see this in Arizona, in Florida, where you have a lot of tourist type seasons that happen. A lot of times business owners think that advertising is instantaneous. So they only run ads when they think that they need business. Now the flaw in that, and a lot of advertisers, business owners, they just don't realize it, is that marketing doesn't work like that unless you've got some type of razzle-dazzle offer, like buy one, get one, buy this, get 50% off, buy three tires, get one free. I mean, that type of stuff will get some type of reaction from folks. Typically, though, it doesn't work like that. Most of the time, citizens, just general citizens like all of us, when we think about goods and services and products and things like that, typically, we're not reacting like that. We're absorbing advertising information and advertising messages we're banking that information for later recall when we have a need for that product or service. Most advertising doesn't work like that. So what I would consider, especially in areas that are tourist related, where businesses say, I'm never gonna advertise unless there's a tourist in town, is just really to recognize it takes longer than they actually think to generate business. So for example, me, I've not been in need of flooring for 20 years. I haven't been in need of a new roof for 20 years. It doesn't mean though that I don't bank brighter side roofing into my head when I see advertisements here in the greater Augusta, Georgia area where I live. I'm not in need of tires right now, but it doesn't mean that I'm not listening or I'm not seeing or I'm not absorbing ads from national tire brokers or from Firestone. I just do, I see those ads. I never know when I'm gonna need a plumber. But in the greater Augusta, Georgia area, universal plumbing advertises everywhere. So when I have a need for that product or service, that's the person that I'm going to be thinking of. So the way that I like to sell this to business owners is you never know when someone's going to need something. So because of that, you want to prime the pump for success. You want to put your name, your brand, your business in front of a lot of people so many times that when they have a need for your product or service, they're gonna think of you first, they're gonna Google you first, they're gonna turn to you first. The other thing is, whether it's Hawaii, Arizona, or Florida, or other places that are tourist-related, Cape Cod, or you know Mackinac Island in Michigan, it's just recognize how influential locals are. So if you're not advertising to people that are in the town at the moment, you're advertising to locals for two reasons. One, to make sure they know about your business and two, so they can refer your business. So there's ebbs and flows of marketing that tend to happen. It looks a bit like a heartbeat and that's not effective marketing. Instead of having ups and downs and ups and downs, what you wanna do is be quite steady. I'd rather somebody run mid-sized ads or mid-sized radio campaigns steadily than bringing it on, shutting it off, bringing it on, shutting it off. See, a lot of people think of marketing as a water spigot, where you turn it on when you need it, turn it off when you don't. Marketing does so much more than bring in new customers. It brings back past customers, 
creates referrals, allows you to thank customers, and it brings in new customers as well. So Deborah, don't give up. Try to educate advertisers and business owners on what they need to do to be successful. Whatever you can do, try to talk them out of this magic. Marketing's not magical. It really isn't. It'd be cool if it was. Marketing is predictive. It's a quality investment but you have to market over and over again, especially in a world of just all kinds of distractions. Business owners have to market over and over again because you never know when someone's going to have a need for your product or service. So Deborah, good luck out there on the street, and I hope that information is helpful. And that, friends, is the podcast for this week. We'll see you back here in two weeks. But hey, if you don't press pause or stop or fast forward or whatever, guess what? Another podcast all about sales and marketing will come your way very soon. Ryan Dorn saying, thank you so much. God bless you. Get out there and sell something. If I can be of help, reach out to me, ryandorn.com. All right, we'll see you in two weeks.